0: parenting is one of the hardest yet one of the most rewarding things that you can do in life but when you throw visual impairment into the mix it presents its own challenges so we're going to talk about my experience as a visually impaired parent coming up today on episode number 12 of life after sight loss radio Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. If you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we talk about product reviews, life advice, encouragement, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping those individuals and families going through physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. Welcome aboard today. So glad that you're here. Again, if this is your first time, welcome. If you're returning, glad that you're back. I'm super excited about today's episode, as I usually am, because I love talking about this stuff with you guys. Today, we're jumping into the... Oh, somewhat controversial topic of parenting. Everybody's got their own opinion about parenting. We're not talking about parenting styles today. We're not talking about whether this is good or that is good. We're just talking about the things that we have to overcome as visually impaired parents. That's a whole nother VIP today, visually impaired parents. So I'm going to share my journey because I've been a parent for, oh, almost 12 years now, and I've been visually impaired the entire time. So I'm going to share some of those things that I've gone through. Maybe you started off as a sighted parent and now you're visually impaired. Maybe you've been one the entire time, but regardless, I'm going to share my personal experiences as a parent and more specifically as a visually impaired parent. Before we jump into things, as always, you can find the show notes for today's episode, which includes links, information, conversation. I've got a couple of videos over there. You can find all the show notes if you just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 012. That's lifeaftersightloss.com slash 012. Hop on over to the show notes and check them all out. So let's jump into things today with a little news and updates. Our first story today is about an app. That helps the visually impaired community see what is around them. Now, this app is called Apoly. Apoly. I'm not really sure. It's A I P O L Y. And I have downloaded it on my iPhone to give it a shot to see what it's like. And basically, it is a camera that you point at things and then it tells you what it is. And there's different categories of things. For example, there's just a general category. Then there's colors and currency. There's food. Uh, there's text. Lots of different things. The key to it is this, that the app is free and using it generally is free, but then you have to pay, I think, for a subscription, which I'm not sure how much that is at this point, but you have to pay if you want to use, like, the currency uh, application part of it. So, you know, they got to make their money somehow. I get it. But if you want to try it out, it's totally free just to give it a shot if you have an iPhone. I know it's available on the iPhone. I'm not sure about Android. I will check that out and leave that in the show notes. But uh, it's A-I-P-O-L-Y, A-P-O-L-Y. Now, again, this is some of those things, and there's a few of these out there, and I've talked about them before in the podcast, but these apps helping the visually impaired community to see what is around them. Now, again, this isn't helping us to see. You know, it's not giving us new sight or anything, although I'm sure that's coming one day, but this is just to describe what's around you, and it does a pretty good job. It it doesn't get it perfect, obviously. It's still learning, but the cool thing about this app is it's constantly learning, and you don't have to do a bunch to teach it about the different things, and I've got a video over in the show notes if you want to see kind of how it works. Now, it doesn't actually describe what's going on. There's some text on the screen, but it will show you kind of how it speaks out loud and so forth. So, Aipoly, A-I-P-O-L-Y, pretty cool app. It's worth giving it a shot. A blind young man is announcing baseball games and sort of shattering the idea of what a baseball announcer does. His name is Bryce Wheeler Weiler, I'm not really sure, W-E-I-L-E-R, but he is announcing games for uh, the University of Illinois in Chicago and basically... The link of the article talks about this, and there's, a, again, link in the show notes, but he talks about how he's helping out the play-by-play person, and the way the ball hits the bat, the way that the pitcher's glove hits. I mean, he's he's really listening, and it's so interesting to watch. And he talks about all these stats he gets. He talks to the head coach. He looks up the last game. He Googles all the players. I mean, this guy is serious on the research. So kudos to this guy for doing a great job, just doing a good job at his job. Not only that, he's visually impaired, and he's doing amazing things. And again, it's not something where he's like, oh, it's such an inspiration. I don't know if he is or not, but the key here is he's just doing something. Thing that is a really cool thing. Like I, I'd love to be, you know, an announcer at a game or something. But you know that he's not able to see what's going on and keeping up with things. That's so cool to me. So if you want to see his story again, I've got a link in the show notes over at lifeaftersightloss.com/slash-zero-one-two. Check it out. Very cool story. And from baseball to more extreme sports, there is a camp. Out in California, they call themselves Extreme Mobility, And basically, they have these camps for visually impaired and blind people. And they're doing things like water skiing, like downhill skiing, like tubing, like snowboarding. They're doing these like extreme sports and helping blind and visually impaired people experience this more extreme lifestyle. And they offer these camps out in California. They offer a certain number now, and in the next three years, they want to offer like a ton more uh, around different places. And it's just such an interesting idea because they are specifically catering to blind and visually impaired people, helping them to do these things like surfing, for example, or, you know, downhill skiing that you might think is very sight intensive. And you might say, well, yeah, I've done those things, but this is just such a cool way to change the perception of society and say, look at these visually impaired people. They're rocking it out. They're surfing, they're skiing, they're you know, doing all kinds of wonderful things. And the camp out there is doing great work. That's Extreme Mobility Games. And they're just doing awesome thing. Again, link in the show notes if you want to check that out. Uh, they've got a really good looking website and they talk all about what they do. So go check them out. If you're out in California, you should definitely give them a shot. Hey, you never know. You might be able to start surfing and learn how to downhill ski and you never knew that you could do that before. So go check it out, Extreme Mobility. Hey, what are your thoughts about today Stories? Do you find them interesting? Do you find them really neat? Have you used that app I talked about? Well, I would love to hear from you as well as hear what stories you'd like to share on the podcast. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or send me an email Derek, D E R E K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. I am the proud parent of two wonderful children. I have an 11-year-old who's going to turn 12 this year, and I have a 7-year-old who's going to turn 8 and at the time of this recording they're getting ready to be out of school so my oldest is going to graduate fifth grade going into the sixth grade and then I have a first grader going into second so I love my kids they're awesome they're challenging (laughs) They, they really keep me on my toes and I just love being a parent it's not always the easiest job in fact it's one of the hardest jobs there is out there but it's probably the most rewarding as well but if you are a parent you know exactly what I'm talking about and if you're a visual impaired parent, you know even more what I'm talking about. Maybe you were sighted and you've recently lost your sight and you're like, my gosh, how am I going to be a parent? How am I going to do these different things? And so I always like to give encouragement to people, especially parents, that their job as a parent is Is not over and they're going to continue being a parent. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. I'm going to go through just a few different things that we do in my family and how we sort of accommodate for things. And as we go through that, maybe you can glean some insights, some tips. Uh, Maybe you've got some things to share, whatever the case is. This is just all about encouraging you as a parent, whether you've been blind your whole life, whether you've lost your sight recently, whatever the case is, if you're a parent and you're visually impaired, this is the podcast for you. One thing I want to say before we jump into it is to remember this that and I don't really think I should have to say this but I'm going to ha- go ahead and say it is that my kids as we talk about these things you'll find that my kids like to help. They like to be encouraging and support. But remember my kids are kids first. I as the adult am responsible for them. They have not become mini maids or cooking dinner all the time. None none of that is happening. They are kids. First and foremost, and as they get older, they'll learn to help me more, but they won't be helping me because they have forcibly become my maids or my servants. They're helping me because they love me, and they're growing into compassionate, caring adults. And someday, they may not be helping a blind person again, but they'll be helping their friends, their classmates, their teachers, their maybe future spouses, their kids, those sort of things, and I'm helping them in that. They're not becoming my maids or any other such thing. So I just want to get that out of the way. Again, I I really don't think I should have to say that, but I want to make that very clear up front. Just in case you listen to this, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's not that way. So my kids, fully kids first and foremost. And if you ask them, hopefully that would be the answer they give. We're kids and dad's blind, but hey, we're not responsible for him. Now, my son probably takes on more responsibility because of just who he is, but... Remember, he's not responsible for me. I'm responsible for him. Okay, that's out of the way. The PSA is over, so let's jump into it. The first thing I want to talk about is probably the thing that we struggle with the most and most visually impaired parents will, and that's transportation. I mean, look, kids today, they go all over, right? They go to soccer and they go to dance and they go to gymnastics and they go to basketball and they go to scouts and they go to all kinds of stuff, which is great. And I love the fact that there's so much available for them. Uh, I think sometimes personally they can go a little too much, but hey, that's for a whole nother topic. But I think that, you know, they have this variety of things to experience and that's wonderful. But the problem Problem is we got to get them there. Yeah, we got to get them to these activities. And sometimes they're close and sometimes they're not. And so for my family, my wife does all the driving. You've heard my wife on this podcast before. If you've listened, if you haven't, go back to episode nine and check it out. She's awesome. But my wife does all the driving. If she's not working, she's driving. Like that's the thing. And if she is working because my wife does have a job, then we have to go find friends and family members. We potentially have to walk if it's close enough. Maybe we call an Uber if that's something that will be convenient in that moment. We have to figure it out, and I think that's the main theme you're going to hear throughout this whole podcast. But especially here, we just have to figure it out. We have to, you know, text somebody and say, "Hey, can you pick us up for dance on Saturday?" And if they say no, then we go to the next person. We don't take it personally. It's not like, "Oh, I don't want to take you," because I think that's what a lot of us feel like: is I'm going to be a burden on this person, or I'm going to feel bad if they have to take me everywhere. Look they're your friends and your family. Most likely, they're gonna love you and care for you and say, yeah, I totally will. And here's the thing I like the most, is when people tell me no. Now, I know that probably sounds weird, like, you like it when they tell you no? Yeah, and here's why. It's because if they tell me no, I know that their yes is genuine. You know, if they're always telling me yes, then it's like, oh, they probably hate me and they're just they're just saying yes for the heck of it because they feel guilty or whatever. But if they're like, no, I can't do that Saturday, I've got this thing going. It's like, okay, cool, well, maybe next time. They're like, okay, and then it's no big deal because then next time they say, yeah, yeah, I can do that, and I know that then they're being genuine with me. So that's just a side note. Don't be afraid to ask people, and don't worry if they say no because when they say yes, it'll be genuine, at, at least that's what we hope. And so the bottom line here with transportation is you just have to do the best that you can. Sometimes I feel, quote unquote, bad for my kids and not really, but what I'm saying is like, for example, yesterday we were going to walk to church in the morning because my wife was working. Well, it started to pour down rain and my kids were walking outside with umbrellas and it started raining harder. And I said, you know what, guys, we're not, we can't do this. Now, remember the church we were walking to wasn't that far, but it was still like pouring down rain. It's like, we can't do this. I was like, I'm just calling an Uber and that's what we're going to do. And I kind of feel bad because my kids are like, what are we doing? I'm not sure. It feels kind of, you know, a little inconsistent, but at the end of the day, it's like, look, we got there and we were able to walk home because the rain had stopped and they were fine. Don't misunderstand me. I don't feel bad because my kids have to walk. Walking's good for you. That's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. But I do feel bad because there's this inconsistency in it. They'll ask me, uh, Daddy, when is somebody, or who's picking us up? When are they coming? You know, It's like, oh, they know that somebody has to come get them. And then if that person's two minutes late, then my kids start to freak because they're like, they're not coming, they forgot us, you know, or whatever. Because if mommy's here, as long as mommy's here, they know that they're still good because once mommy leaves, then, then they're leaving. But if the person's coming to pick them up, that can be a bit strenuous. And I want them there early. And anyway, a whole bunch of rambling to say that transportation can be a very hard thing, but it's just one of the things you have to deal with as a visually impaired person. If you have a spouse, they do a lot of the driving. If you're a single parent, you count on other people, you walk, you just do those things. It's just part of life, just like with anything else. So don't let it tear you down that you can't drive your kids places. I would love to drive my kids places, but... That's just not in the cars at this point. And so maybe someday with a car that can drive itself, but as for now, we'll just count on other people and uh, give my wife as much praise as I can since she drives everywhere. The next section we're talking about is education. Now, education kind of is a broad term. I'm really kind of concentrating on school because you're really educating your kids constantly, right? But I'm really concentrating on school. Now, again, my kids are young. Uh, One of the big fears I have is when they get a little older and I can't do their math anymore. I mean, I don't consider myself unintelligent, but sometimes my math my brain doesn't work with math. Like, you know, it's like, babe, nope, not, not can't do that. <laughs> I'm much more of the English person, which clearly makes sense because I'm putting words together so fantastically right now. But <laughs> but the point is, uh, education is so important. And as my kids have grown and they've done different things from pre-K to kindergarten up through the fifth grade right now, you know, they come home with different projects. They've got spelling words. They've got homework. Um, they've got activities at school. They've got learning time. They've got after-school but all these things that, you know, coordinate around education. And education is really important to us. We want them to learn as much as they can. We want them to enjoy the school. Uh, they go to a very good school. We're very happy about that. But education can be difficult when you're visually impaired because you have all these things, these practical things, like helping them with homework, like giving out their spelling words, like helping to build the, you know, volcano or the solar system. And that can be difficult. But the thing about education is, It's some of it's very practical, and some of it's just your mindset, you know, just helping them with thinking, you know, rationally or problem solving or putting together equations or whatever, you can help them to think and you don't need sight for that. When it comes to the practical stuff, you just find ways that work. For me as a visually impaired person, I have some usable vision left. I can use a whiteboard for things. Uh, you might have different techniques like taking a photo of something. I've got a video over in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash zero one two, where I did a video about... And, you know, homework tips. And so if you're visually impaired, you can take a look at that. But you know, maybe you're totally blind. Maybe you have lost all your vision and there's some other things you need to do. The key is you find what works and then you do it. Maybe you take a picture of uh, a homework assignment and it reads it out loud to you. You know, whatever you have to do That's what you do. But the key is to stay involved. Stay involved in what they're doing. Ask them about their homework, if they have spelling words. You know, here's the thing. You may not be able to read the story out loud to them, but you can be present for the story. And I don't just mean sitting there while your spouse reads a story to them. I just mean that in a way that, hey, look, you may not be able to read their math equation. You, you may not be able to see their project. You may not be able to help them super glue something, but you can be there and be present for those moments. Parenting isn't simply about saying, okay, spell the word cat. It's about helping them to be confident enough to know that they can spell the word cat. And that was a little bit of a rabbit trail there, but I think that's really good, important information for parenting. Doesn't matter if you can see or not, that's really important. So education, another piece that can be difficult, but you find what works and then you do it. And as far as school goes, you know, talk to your kids' teachers. Let them know that you're visually impaired. Maybe uh, one thing is, you know, you can tell the other kids, and maybe they have a disabilities week, and you can come in and be the superhero. But let them know that, hey, I might sign something, and the signature looks a little weird, or uh, maybe you go in and talk to them and say, hey, what are some of the things that they're doing, and what are ways that I can help? Um, you know, those sort of things. So. Just be involved. I think that's the key to education. Be involved. Let them know what's going on because I think that is really what's most important. The next thing is nutrition. Now, again, these are just broad terms. I'm really talking about eating. Cooking, you know, getting down to it. I love to cook. Actually, I love to eat, but cooking is really the way to get to eat. So I like cooking. And, you know, my wife works longer hours than some. And so I end up making dinner uh, a few nights a week. And so at first it was kind of like, this is all I can make. But as we've grown since I bought my new wave, which I have videos on my YouTube channel about, uh, I really make a lot of different things. And so it's really important that you, again, find things that work and then do that to the best of your ability. You know, if you can only make mac and cheese, well, find 15 different ways to make mac and cheese. You know, I mean, do the best that you can. Experiment a little bit. Try a new recipe. You know, you can always order a pizza if it goes badly. It doesn't really matter. And if you mess the kitchen up, it's fine. Things can be cleaned. It's not that big a deal. So try something out. Give it a shot. You know, if you're cutting something, like a vegetable, you know, you can do that. It just might take a little bit of finesse and Focus to do that. Don't try to do 15 other things while you're cutting a vegetable or whatever. I mean, nobody wants blood in their California blend. So give it a shot, but make sure you're focusing on it. Find different things. Go to maxiades.com. They have some great kitchen items, maybe talking thermometers, talking measuring cups. They have uh, maybe different spatulas. I know I have a cutting board that's black on one side and white on the other for contrast. There's all kinds of different things that you can get. To help you and aid you in the kitchen. And so when you're making dinner for your kids, sometimes it's chicken nuggets and, you know, mac and cheese, and that's okay. That's what I think we have to get uh, back around to as parenting is sometimes it's like, well, I, I'm not going to make a three course meal. What parent's making a three course meal every night for their kids? If they are, high five to them, but I'm not. They're getting a meat, a side, a potato, or a potato, a vegetable, whatever that, you know, this is what you're getting, kids. This is what's for dinner. So don't worry about. About, oh, I can't make these things anymore if you've lost your sight, or oh, I I can't make this kind of food, or whatever. It is. You just make the best you can. And, you know, I think the key to cooking is sitting down and eating with the kids. Again, I'm not trying to get all ethereal here, but I think if you just sit down and eat with them, it's not really, it doesn't matter what they're eating because you're there with them. Obviously, you want to be nutritious as you possibly can. You don't want to have them eat pizza every single night, but a pizza every once in a while is not that big a deal. We had pizza last night. It was great. I had a coupon, we got it for half off. And boom, there you go. There's dinner. So, you know, sometimes you do those things. Don't order pizza every night, obviously. But cooking is one of those things that, again, you find things that work and then you do it. You experiment a little bit. If it doesn't work you do it a different way. It's really not that big a deal. You can cook. You can provide for your family in that way. There's lots of people out there that are visually impaired and cooking for their family. So you can do it too. We've talked about a lot of stuff so far. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about outdoor activities and what to do when you hear that classic phrase, watch me, daddy. So stick around. We'll be right back right after this. Hey there, guys. Maybe you're going through sight loss right now. Maybe you're the person who's losing their sight and you're in this stage where you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Maybe you're the sighted supporter whose family member you're watching lose their sight and you feel helpless and you're not sure what to do. Maybe you just would like, hey, can I can I ask you some questions? Like, what's going to happen? Well, I would love to help you out and start sort of a coaching relationship with you. I am sort of advertising myself as a sight loss coach. I don't really know if those things exist at this point, but hey, we're gonna give it a shot. So if you're interested and you'd like to maybe start into a a coaching relationship of sorts, maybe you would like answers to questions, some thoughts, maybe you're struggling with some fears and emotions, you just like to walk through things with somebody, then I'd love to do that for you. If you're interested in starting a coaching relationship, maybe you just have questions about it and what it'd be all about like and what you would do hey i'd love to hear from you send me an email derek d-e-r-e-k at lifeaftersightloss.com and just put coaching in the subject line and that way i can make that email a priority and get back to you as soon as i can again my email is derek d-e-r-e-k at lifeaftersightloss.com and put coaching in the subject line i look forward to hearing from you real soon All right. So we're continuing our discussion of parenting as a visually impaired. Persons, We've talked about a few things like education, transportation so far. Now, we're going to jump into outdoor adventures. Look, I'm not a big outdoors person. I'll just go ahead and say that right up front. I I don't love the outdoors. It's very unpredictable. There's dirt and bugs. And yeah, I'm a theater person. I'd much rather be indoors. (laughs) So anyway, not that theater people hate the outdoors, but me personally, I'm not a fan. But we have trained our kids that playing outside is a good thing, and they bought it. So they're outside, they love playing outside, riding their bikes and going swimming and playing at the playground, stuff like that. They really enjoy that. So that means that I then have to kind of suck it up and be an outdoors person at times. But here's the thing. Playing outdoors can be difficult when you're visually impaired. Like, there's nothing more scary to me than when somebody's throwing a football my way. They're like, "Hey, here you go," and you're like, "Oh my god!" Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it is scary. I know the football's not going to hurt me, but it's like, "Oh, I don't know," and it's scary. So you kind of gotta adjust. But there's all kinds. Of, again, maxiades.com. Gosh, I wish they were a sponsor. <laughs> but you go there; they've got like you know basketballs and soccer balls that you can play with. There's all kinds of cool things outside Uh, you know just playing game there's adaptable ways to play with your kids outside now another thing about going outside means you're going to go somewhere like to a park like to a playground and that can be a little scary for the visually impaired person especially if you're not with a sighted person because then you're in charge of making sure your kids are taken care of and if they're very little that can be a bit scary so I encourage you to figure out a way where your kids know to check in with you maybe they come back every so often every half an hour they have some sort of alarm on a watch you gave them. Uh, Maybe, for example, some people will put bells on their kids' shoes, depending on their age, so they know where they are. I know that my kids, if I yell out their name, I'm like, hey, they verbally respond to me. And even if they see me kind of standing there just, just looking a certain way. I don't know what it is. They've just learned the cue and they'll see me and they'll say, yes, daddy, you know, do you need something? Because they see that in my face and they're like, oh, he needs me and he just doesn't know where I am. So they'll give me that verbal response and I'll figure out where they are. So, you know, you've got to work those things out when you're outdoors like that. If you're at a park, a playground, if you're, you know, going on a hike or whatever the case is. Uh, Another scary issue for me is swimming. I know I always like to have my wife with me, but keep them close. If, If they're strong swimmers, you can let them go a little farther just kind of remember, keep it in mind because it can be a bit scary, but outdoor things, you shouldn't let it slow you down. You go outside, you enjoy it. It's getting warm outside here now, and so it's a great time to go outside and enjoy it and let your kids enjoy it because we get stuck inside so much. The outdoors are a great way to just have fun, run off some energy, get some free exercise where it doesn't actually feel like exercise, and just enjoy the outdoors no matter what it takes. Enjoy that with your kids. So find, again, find what works and then do it. And finally, I want to give you what to do in that situation when you hear, watch me, daddy. I hear that phrase a lot in my house. Hey, watch me. Watch this. Hey, come here and look at this. You know, that sort of thing. And my kids, again, they're not, they don't ever... Think to themselves. At least I don't think they're not like, well, daddy can't see this, so I'm not even going to bother. My kids don't care. I'm their, I'm their father. I'm their dad. They're going to show me their stuff. You know, my daughter will bring me pictures. She's colored, and my son will say, "Hey, look at this! Look at this cool thing I just did! I watched this." My son is on a pogo stick. Like, yes, pogo sticks still exist, and he's rocking the pogo stick. He can do it with no hands. Uh, Right now, he's learning to like jump off of it, spin it, and jump back on it. I mean, he's pretty cool. So he's like, "Come out, watch this!" And I'm like, uh. Uh, I don't know how much I'm gonna be able to see of this, but it's okay because I'm going out there and you know and trying to encourage him. And I think that's really the key is to remember that even if you can't totally 100% see it. You need to be there while they're doing that thing, even if you're just giving some praise, some encouragement, some you know, way to go. That's great, because they don't really care in their minds how much you can see, at least not from my kids, what they've said to me. no, I don't think my son has ever said, well, you can't really see, so don't even worry about it. You know, he always wants me out there. And I have found that my kids pick up on things, like if my daughter brings a picture that she's drawn she'll automatically start describing it to me. You know, she'll be like, oh, here, this is this color, and this is the shape, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's really great, because they just get it now. And again, my kids aren't that old, but they've just picked up on this, and they're like, okay. You know, and so if my son says, come out, watch this. Okay, here's what I'm going to do, and he'll almost describe the whole action to me, and then do the action. So while he's doing it, I've got an idea of what in the world he's actually doing. And so again, your kids will pick up on this. If you've lost your sight, they'll get it. It might take them a while, but they'll get it and they'll pick up on the cues and they'll be like, okay. And it might be difficult at first because you might want to be like, I can't even see this. What am I gonna do? But you know what? They just want you to be involved in their life. And so if that means describing a picture, reading a piece of paper, if that means you know describing what they're doing before they do it, they'll figure it out and they'll pick. Up on that, and remember, it, it'd be easy to be like, "I can't see this, well, I'm not even coming." But it's important to do that. Now, it's okay to be honest. Like, my daughter was riding her bike yesterday, and she was out in front of me. She said, "Look," and I said, I- "I'm sorry, honey, I can't see that far ahead of me." She was in like a, a school parking lot. We were riding around on the weekend, and I said, I-, "I can't see that far out." And so then she rode over to me, and she said, "Oh, I," and she kind of laughed. She's like, "I was doing this thing," and she described it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's great." And then she went on, you know. And there was no big like, well, you can't see me? Well, oh, that's so sad. You know, there was none of that because it's very normal for them. So I just want to encourage you that if you've lost your sight, now if you've been blind since birth and you've got kids, you know, they probably already got it. But if you've lost your sight and your kids are young, they're going to figure it out. Even if your kids are older, they're going to get it. It's going to become the norm. It's going to be all right. Like your kids will get it. So the phrase is like, "Watch me." You know, those still come up in my house. They're not going away. Your kids want want you to be there to experience life with them, and I think that's really important. So what's the overarching theme here about being a blind parent? I think the overarching theme is you're a parent. You never stop being a parent. If you lost your sight and you were sighted and had kids and now you're blind and you know you're still a parent. And the thing I want you to remember is this. We've talked about different activities, practical things, you know, transportation and outdoor things and you know just maybe ways to adapt or whatever, but the most important thing to remember is that being a parent isn't about having vision, you know, having sight. It's about loving your kids. Things like love, grace, kindness, compassion, wisdom, understanding, all those things, they're not sight-intensive. In fact, you don't need sight to love your kids really, really well. Yeah, it would be great if you could drive them to a practice. It would be great if you could see them on the baseball field. It would be great if you could do those kinds of things like read a book to your kids at night, which, by the way, I bet if you work it out, you can find a way to read a book to your kids at night. But the point is, you're there. You love them. You're with them. You support them. You pick them up when they're down and you know that sort of thing. That's really what being a parent is. It's not about taking your kids to practice. It's about showing up when they need you. And again, I'm not telling you how to be a parent. There's lots of different, wonderful, unique ways, and you know your kids. Better than I know your kids. And so, love your kids the way they need to be loved the best and just be their parent. They don't need a sided parent, they need an involved, established, loving parent. That's what they need. If my kids need two sided parents, they're out of luck because they only got one sided parent and then they got me. And that's what they need at this point. And so just be encouraged that if you've lost your sight, if you've gone through sight loss and you've got kids, it's going to be fine. You can still be a great, wonderful, effective parent, even without the sight that you once had. Maybe even more so because now, now you're focused on doing what you can do with them and being involved as much as you can. So I'm not saying that you need to lose your sight to be a good parent. I'm just saying if you've lost your sight, you still have the ability to be a great parent i like to end every episode with my real life retweet basically it's a quote a tweet something i've seen that encompasses what we're talking about on today's episode and our quote today actually comes from twitter i don't know who said it because they didn't actually uh, give attribution to anyone so you know it's anonymous at this point but the quote says this quote Kids don't stay with you if you do it right. It's the only job where the better you are, the more surely you won't be needed in the long run, end quote. And that's so true. When I saw that, I was like, wow. Like, you know, kids are supposed to grow up and move on. Because if you do your job really, really, really well, if you support them, encourage them, and, and educate them and, and pass on your wisdom and, you know, help them to grow up to be sturdy members of society, well, that's what's going to happen. They're going to grow up to be sturdy members of society and they're going to move on. They're not going to stay with you forever. So again, that quote tells us the kids don't stay around forever. It's, it's the really the only job where if you do it really well, then eventually you won't be needed in the long run and you know what i think that's actually a pretty good thing even though it hurts a little bit when they fly from the nest it's actually a really good sign that you've done it right Hey guys, right here at the end, I want to say thank you for listening. Kudos to all of you who are parents and are doing this hard but rewarding job each and every day. I want to say thank you because you're down there in the trenches, if you will, and you're doing it. If this podcast was encouraging to you, I would love for you to share it out with somebody that you know who's struggling through parenthood as a visually impaired person. Let them know, hey, you You're not alone in this, and you're doing a great job. Even when it's hard, even when it's challenging, you can do it. So thank you for listening to this. I really appreciate it. And hey, if you like this episode, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss another one. It's easy to subscribe. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash podcast and you can get the links to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, in Google Play, in Stitcher, in you know, your favorite podcast catcher. You just need to subscribe so that way each and every week you're going to get the next episode. You can listen right there on your phone and you can do dishes and all that stuff. Just subscribe. It's totally free and you'll never miss another episode. And like I said, share it with somebody you know, tell them to subscribe and help them out if they don't know how so that they can hear every episode and be encouraged and, and let them know and let you know that you're not alone in this journey of sight loss. And hey, I'd love to connect with you on the World Wide Web. Again, you can find me at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those kinds of places. And if you have questions or comments you'd love to share with me, I'd love to hear from you. I've gotten a few emails in the last week that have been so awesome. People just sharing how the videos and the podcast have helped them, encouraged them. That is awesome. And I'd love to hear from you. So send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. Share your thoughts. Maybe you have a podcast idea. Whatever the case is, I'd love to hear from you, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. And that's going to wrap it up for another episode of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and listen to today's episode. Don't forget that you can find the show notes to this episode at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 012. That includes links, images, video, information, all the stuff that I described in today's episode, you can find at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 012. And until next time, guys, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one. All the information on this podcast and on lifeaftersightloss.com is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of medical, legal, or professional advice, please seek out a specialist in your area.